0: Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. Um, So, uh, welcome to the first um, episode um, of the New Decade. Um, of inspiring futures, um, I am really excited to have on the show for the first uh, um, part of the year to have Faz NASA Mooden. Am I getting that right? No.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, like, we're really. You know what? We're so close. We're really close. I'm <laughs> gonna have. So I'm
0: gonna so work close. a little bit on the on the pronunciation, and maybe in a few months I'll get it absolutely perfect. <laughs> I'm hoping, um, and. I'm really excited uh, to talk to her because she is uh, one of the very few um, strategists who've made it uh, up to the very, very top in agency land, and is the CEO, current CEO of Omelette. Uh, in, our, in our little preamble, I said, well, in my mind, Omelette is five years old, and Thas corrected me and said, you are how old again as an agency?
1: 15 years old.
0: 15
1: years. 15 old. years
0: young. <laughs> 15 years young, yeah. Um, and. So let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about you know. You notice in my podcast, the one predictable thing is I get I get my guests to talk about their background and sort of accelerated storyline through um, how you got to where you are today
1: yeah absolutely so so my story I, I'm Canadian so I guess the story begins as a Canadian transport in Southern California uh, so I went to university in San Diego and I moonlighted as a figure skating coach which is another thing that tends to surprise people. <laughs> um, it's always a great new business opener too it's like well I used to teach figure skating I'm sure I can make this room happy as well if I can if I can teach a bunch of toddlers <laughs> so uh, it's a really it was it was a great experience and I, I went through, of developmental psychology um, in in hopes of becoming a child psychologist, and I think by the time I got to the end of that, I realized that it, it wasn't necessarily for me. Um, it was a really kind of interesting but challenging career path. Um, so, as many, I decided to go to business school to try to figure some things out. Uh, it's one of the one of the places where I think I was first exposed to marketing and advertising is honestly as a career path. Um, I'm a first generation, you know, parent of immigrants who never my my. My career kind of choices were, are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a lawyer? Maybe you could be an engineer. Uh, so the idea... Anything like that, else? Anything else? From. Don't
0: bother coming home.
1: It's uh, To this day, I mean, I, I may be the CEO of an agency, but my mother is still waiting for me to go to medical school. So I told her this year, I'm like, maybe this is where, maybe this is where this conversation ends. But um, I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting thing to be exposed to. creativity as an industry and as like an actual space where you can build and grow a career. Uh, So I was really fortunate to be able to be exposed to that in business school. And I actually got an internship at at a small independent advertising agency in San Diego, uh, which then parlayed into, they're like, you're really good at research, you know you like understand how that you're, you're a good writer i know some of those basic skills seem to come to, to light as i was also answering the phones um at this agency and eventually they were like you should just be a planner i'm like what's that great that sounds great i can use my research skills i can kind of use some of my psychology background and that kind of insatiable curiosity in how people think and why people do what they do and i'm like that's a job great, I will take it. Uh, So that was sort of the beginning of it all, and I was at that indie agency for for a good four years, and I had a really great um, few mentors who really helped expose me to kind of digital and what social media was and the potential of all of that, um, whilst my agency was was definitely not that, um, I was really interested in it personally about what it could do to the world of communications and the world of connection. And honestly, for myself, I was able to connect to some really incredible people via Twitter. Um, I was part of that kind of Twitterverse of, of strategies past. Strategy years past, and I think it was really it was really lucky because I got to connect to to people that were way above my pay grade and engage in conversations uh, with people who, if I was at a big agency, I would probably never get to talk to. Um, and I think that really helps set the stage for the rest of my career. And uh, from there, I, I went on to Shia Day in Los Angeles and you know, I kind of parlayed through a bunch of different agencies in LA and I was really lucky to do that. Um, and then finally landed at Omelette about four years ago uh, where I started in as CSO. And then I quickly um, you know, got the managing director title too. And I'm like, I don't know how to be an account person. This is really hard. What is all of this? I've never been exposed to it. Uh, but I was really fortunate to have Again, people who really believed in me and believed in kind of what I what I could do and what I could learn quite quickly, um, which then translated into about six months ago being named CEO of Omlet, and and that's where we are today.
0: <laughs> wow! So, what has been what has been this obvious question here? What has been the biggest learning curve as you took on the CEO mantle?
1: Well, I think it's really interesting because our industry. And, and this is something that I've become very passionate about, even outside of, of all this, is the idea of the business of creativity and the business of advertising. Um, I think our industry doesn't do a great job on the whole of, of exposing young people and or, or people who are new in their career to how the sausage actually gets made. Uh, You know, I think a lot of the time, it's the, we're protecting creativity, we're protecting your time, we're protecting you, but really you're not protecting anyone in my point of view. I think it's really important that you understand the business. Um, And for me, that's been the biggest learning curve, but also the most exciting part of my job is really understanding how do we, how do in this like evolving and changing world, Um, How do we, how do we one, stay afloat? How do I continue to keep our 70 people really happy (laughs) that work here at Omelette? and and it's a it's a very different kind of responsibility. And I think that as so much of our creative workforce goes out freelance and starts their own companies, you know, we're not we're not equipping folks with the best knowledge of how you do all, how you actually run a business. Um, and it's not to say that every single person in an agency needs to know about EBITDA and all of those all of those fun financial terms. But it is important to understand kind of how and why management makes the decisions it does uh, based on a lot of the times based on financial situations that you're put in and it's not easy running a business. And I think that, you know, we are, where I can just see so many people kind of, again, joining the, joining the independent agency world without the, the grounding, in how to run a business, uh, that you know we we really are doing a bit of a disservice uh, to all of ourselves. But I, I think that's the I think there's a great there's a huge amount of potential in really just starting to teach and make that a part of the agency experience.
0: So is that is that something you actually formalize? Is that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so so it, I'm really, I, again, very fortunate. My executive chairman, who's who was our former CEO, had instilled this in the agency for years. It's one of the you know one of the the lovely things about being really really very independent and quite transparent is we all, most everybody from the most junior creative here to myself, um, were taught very early on in quarterly meetings about things like EBITDA and why it matters and why and why we have to be financially healthy in order to sustain a business. Um, and I think that that's, that's part of an omelet, the omelet DNA that I really appreciate um, is the transparency in all of that uh, because I, I think that it, it makes for a much better prepared workforce and it also makes for more more kind of substantive conversations internally as well as you are making more difficult decisions. So, so it's, it's, it's a thing that's been very much a part of kind of who, who we are and how we work.
0: One of the thing one of the things I noticed looking at your website is that you kind of pride yourself in, um, having a social conscience. Um, mm-hmm. and it, uh, how, how does that, does that become attention? I always feel like. You know, you want to do that. It's hard, you know, you want to put a stake in the ground and you do put a stake in the ground. But then if it's costing money, going back to your point on business, is that something that goes or are you absolutely 100% and 150% committed to that and you're not going to not do that whatever circumstance?
1: I think for us it's all about being being smart and being choiceful about the things that we, we can take on because again it's a it's a world when you're fully self financed it's it's a world of everything is a choice and there's trade offs. Um, so for us we we really try to get into like one really thick, meaty Pro bono project a year, uh, because we know that's what we can handle relative mm-hmm. to how much we can invest and really how much we can put our passions into it and how we can do it well. Um, it's not about taking every single thing that comes our way because if we do it, we probably won't also do it to the best of our abilities. So we want to be able to truly invest in in those those kinds of projects. I also think it's really fortunate that we we have project we have a lot of our client partners who we are working more directly with their responsibility team, at t Walmart. They've all been brands that we've been working with for a really long time. Um, and that's what we also happen to get paid for is to work within a space uh that for us is is really telling telling the stories of the things that they the good that they they do these big brands can do in the world Mm -hmm. um so so that side of us have always been a part of it i remember when i joined omelet one of the things that was the most exciting was this um fully self-funded documentary that we did called license to operate and it was before it was before my time uh, but I remember looking at that and, and when you think about recruiting tools as an agency, um, it was almost um, was an agency I hadn't spent I hadn't heard a ton about to be totally honest um, and and it was you know I'd heard little murmurings about it on the LA scene, uh, but I, I hadn't heard a ton about it until I saw kind of the press around this this film which really explored the the inner city of Los Angeles and, and, and gave voice to a community that, didn't always have one, and I, I really and for me that was the heartstring that was pulled that really brought me to omelet. So, so that investment that and it was a very big investment for a company our size to take on the full production um, of of that, uh, but it was so worthwhile, and it's something that we're so proud of, and we're still connected to all uh, to the, to that team, and we are still doing things with them. So, I think that's been really a great it's a great example of how things that are for good can really kind of also help grow your business um and grow your brand uh and so so for us it's been you know a really and and the the way you do it is you do it authentically and you do it in a way that's that's never you don't do it just for the just for the press headlines or whatever You, you do it because it's the right thing to do and then if it's a great and if you make something beautiful if you make something amazing uh you then get the, you know, you get the, the added benefit of perhaps, you know, hitting the LA Times or something like that. Uh, so, so for us, those, those four good projects are really part of our our business and our, our DNA.
0: Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's really interesting. And, and, you, and, and you think you have people calling you because of that or wanting you to?
1: I, it's it's interesting. We I was in a new business meeting with, with the Fortune 20 company, and we, as we were going through the case studies, uh, one of the, the CMO actually mentioned. She's like, "Are you a are, are you a for good agency?" And I remember sitting in the room, being like, "And we completely not conscious of it. I'm like, oh, wow, I guess our case studies really do read like that.' And it is it is a part of the work that we've we've made. Um, but technically speaking, we're not a for good, We are a for profit agency. Um, we're we're we are we are to do as much good with the with the spaces and the platforms that we have, uh, but I, I do think it's been really worth the not only not only people from um, you know from a recruiting perspective, but also from a business development perspective. There are a lot of brands who, who truly believe in this kind of communications and marketing um, that really kind of get attracted to to what we can do and have the kinds of stories we can tell.
0: Mm. Just being in Los Angeles give you a certain flavor to the type of client? I mean, is entertainment, the industry, something that you have a gravitational pull towards? <laughs>
1: yeah i mean that's it was it was omelet roots was really in in entertainment um it's really interesting because i've had my experiences at my at other agencies in the entertainment world and as a strategist it's always a challenging space because i will say probably five eight to five years ago when you would walk into a room of you know uh, entertainment executives, and they would look at a strategist and be like, "What on earth are you doing here? <laughs> just give me the ideas. Just give me the work. Uh, we know we understand our strategy. We know what we're doing." I, I think the the world has changed, particularly with the Netflixes of the world, and the Amazon Studios, obviously of the world, just all of these kind of more tech focused brands coming into the content space. I think has changed the landscape slightly from just kind of the Fox Studios or 20 or Paramount Studios and things like that um so i think that there's always an inherent pull to that Uh, part of my being here at omelet has really been about diversifying um, and getting into things like financial services and tech and um, other spaces that we haven't necessarily played in before uh, because i really do believe our talent is, is their their talents are well used within those spaces not just entertainment um, gaming is another thing that we have been very, very much attached to as an agency, particularly mm-hmm. in the last five years, mm-hmm. um, which which is obviously a huge and growing space. And one of we, we work with Google um, Stadia on that, which is, again, kind of changing the world of, of that intersection of gaming and technology, uh, which is really exciting for us. But I think it's also a bit of a metaphor of kind of who we are and kind of how we've evolved from just being... Kind of the entertainment agency into being something that's much more kind of holistic in in how it looks at brands.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what about other offices opening other offices?
1: Um, I spend a lot of time in New York. <laughs> As many people know, I, I, you know, we have we have, we have a few clients out there, um, which is great. So <coughs> I think New York is obviously a natural experience. We've also thought about how we can tap talent internationally as well and that's an initiative that we are are looking into this year um i think that could be a really exciting place for do you see a lot of indies
0: mini omelets
1: yes <laughs> little mini omelets everywhere scrambled eggs for sale. Yeah, exactly. um, it's, a, it's it's a really it's i i do believe that there's you know and, it, and it's and Expansion is so different today than it was even five years ago, where it's like you have to have what's your brick and mortar office, how mm-hmm. do you kind of function. It's like it, a lot of it is philosophies and ways of working, oh, absolutely. and that has to be there. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a different way of thinking, but I I, I I feel like this is we're we're very much right for all of that.
0: Mm. You know, going back to your point about a um, strategist, it's like a, it's the start of a joke for stand up. Strad just walks into a room of entertainment executives.
1: Um, uh, it was a stand-up routine. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, but what, what what's your feeling now? Um, there's been a lot of stuff written about... Well, I, I posted this thing It came out at the beginning of the year that was on Digiday. Uh, planning, strategies, missing in action. And I think it was more of a comment on clients, just not really given that that particular agency briefs just like just get on with it <laughs> like what are we doing um and just a sort of like diminishing amount of resources bandwidth and time and money i mean i've seen it because i've been working in it for the last year mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. hacking together presentations from the internet and there's no money, there's no budget to do anything original, uh, or time it's, it's what do you, what, I know that's, you know, it's not ideal. And I mean, I can, you can, you, can argue that, um, it's not right, but, um, it is just kind of, it seems like a fact of life.
1: <clears throat> it is. And I, I, think that, you know, we've, we have been challenged with just rethinking what the discipline is over and over again. Right. And I, and I think, you know, it's like it's, it's the, sometimes the value of the insight and like, you know, we can all get into the big debates around what is an insight. Uh, but I think the quality and depth of insight sometimes gets overlooked, particularly in a world of kind of very data-focused, data-focused advertising. Um, and because it feels like, but it, it's like you can use it, but it's all about how you use this, that data. It's about how you shape that into an insight that's rich enough to actually support a proper idea, and I think that that's what that's one of the things that are still missing because it, it is really hard, and that part takes time, and a lot of the time with the briefs that come in and the speed and the velocity everything is going at, um, we lose we lose some of that, but and i think that you know when you look at where the industry is going and how it is becoming so much more data and visual focus which makes all the sense in the world because of the increasing accountability george cmo tenures all of that um it's i feel like and i think all of us know it who kind of grew up in the internet uh the more digital we become the more humanity we crave it's like so what what is that what is that human element that we are finding within that data that still can kind of allow our brand to break through because at some point we're we're, we're not going to just be a fully performance driven world there's a place for it and it's in and it can really help grow a business uh, and it can you know and arguably can also help grow a brand but there there needs to be that attention and that time and speaking to people, which is still a discipline that we try to to bring with our people at the agency is like, don't forget real people. (laughs) We can look at all of the e-marketer decks and we can look at all of the, you know, the great research that we'll have from from internal sources, but we've also got to just remember the power of communication, even like, you as we were saying at the beginning, you rarely get an hour to talk to someone. Um, The amount of value you can have in that is still, transformative with how you can think about a brand. I mean, that that that's still so powerful and so important. And we're, we're just, we are losing a bit of that as we kind of move towards the speed and velocity. But mm. I think it's about how we figure out because the speed's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about, I think, it's about picking and choosing the moments where we we have to say, you know what, this one, this one thing right here is worth a breath. <laughs> this is what I know. We have to do 24 things. Out of the 24 things, these two things are worth us breathing, taking a breath, and really trying to investigate what what lives under the surface. Uh, because you 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 also have to be empathetic to the the fact that. Yes, yeah, speed is time is money, as we all know, and speed to market is money. Um, that's how a lot of our clients are thinking about things. But there are going to be those moments where, like, you, you actually need to take take a little bit of time and and really figure this out in a way that's robust and meaningful, and and can can make your brand famous.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, I think that's, that's something. You're, have you have you um, Got hold of, and I'm I'm recommending you get hold of it if you haven't. Um, This this book by one of the guys at System One called Lemon. No. Um, Absolutely fantastic piece of work. It's um, a sort of analysis of advertising, um, of recent advertising, and this whole idea of left brain versus right brain. Mm -hmm. And and basically, you know, we are we are rapidly moving into it. If you analyze, if you know what left brain cues are and you know what right brain cues are mm-hmm. advertising is packed with left brain cues right now. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's just it, it, the system. I mean, the story in the book is this is less effective work. Um, it doesn't, you know, and it goes back to the Peter field work in the crisis and creativity, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, and, 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 part of the problem is we were, we're awarding these guys, you know, who, do, who, who do the one-offs, which, yeah. You know, cause a blip, but do nothing for the brand. I mean, you, you look okay. you look back at the tracking data six months post this campaign, and it's flat. It's flat line, um, mm-hmm. uh, because there's no there's no sustaining there's no sustaining effort. There's no discipline to sustain the effort, and yeah. so yeah. you've got um, you know you've got these these, these real challenges because. Um, Increasingly with the performance driven growth hacking mindset, you've got people asking for the ads to do something like, you know, money off or call Peloton, call Peloton or whatever, it, whatever it is. I mean, they're increasingly becoming direct response. And I think if that's so much part of the brief, I think that really impacts what you can actually create and how you create um, because, you, you, you know, you do the limit, you know, it's kind of, it's, some, it's somewhat challenging
1: yeah i i agree it's a it it's it's not our business is not getting any easier i think you know we you always see the the things around like oh ai will be able to do this (laughs) job and i'm like to some extent to make some of those banner some of that banner copy i'm sure ai will do a completely adequate job um at, at things like that but but you also look at like the the idea of being able to commit to an idea or the idea of a brand really being able to stand for something. Um, whether it's a for good thing or just a, being a brand, um, it is, it's just so challenging to, to get that to, to happen nowadays. Um, and it is, it's like there's part of you that just gets really bad about it and then there's the other part of you uh, that has to kind of pick yourself up and be like, okay, well, how do we change this? Or how do we, how do we demonstrate the value uh, that, brands can really make when they commit to something. Um, I agree, it's really hard in a very sunty world <laughs> um, from, from, a, from a brand perspective to, to get there. But I, I believe that it, it's still possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you know, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I had a conversation with a massive, the marketing team of a massive company. And uh, they said, what do you think of our work? And I said, I haven't seen it. I don't see it. It's just invisible. It's you've narrow cast yourselves to death, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and your brand, you know, what is happening to your brand? You may not be seeing it on your tracking study immediately, but you must be eroding your brand. Um, and I think I think a lot of big companies, and I can I, and I know because I'm reading I'm reading about it, are having you know are gonna this. And you know it was a little bit in the Faris uh, and Rosie podcast, but 2020 is a year of creativity. Um, I, I think people are starting to take a long hard look at what all this narrow cast targeting is actually doing for their brands. And you know, you've got machines. I mean, you could basically have machines run this show. I mean, yeah. it, I mean they can they can write the copy, they can place the ads. You just need to you know. Stand back and
1: go spend the <laughs> afternoon.
0: Go spend the afternoon on the golf course, but I, it's all it's all blending into a a mash of nothingness, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing particularly startling. Um, it's increasingly ignored, um, and, I, and I think there's I think there's work to be done to educate clients what actually is happening out there, and, and it needs to be sort of a jiu-jitsu strategic move to say, okay, you know, you, you think. Aside from the ethics, which I think is fascinating, you know, mm-hmm. you've got people calling you saying you mm-hmm. want to do a purpose-based campaign, and it's guys, guys, you're advertising on YouTube. <laughs> right. Uh, right, So there's a lot of, there's so many double standards. You're not paying your taxes, um, which is, you know, kind of, kind of fascinating. Um,
1: well, and it's interesting, because we, I remember, you know, years and years ago, when, you know, we, when this, this whole idea of like doing versus saying, was was such an important part of kind of how I learned about great what great work could could be and could do. It's like you got to walk the walk before you talk it, and like that's and I feel like some of that. It's not that it's gone away. It's just the the idea of like those meaningful actions and really demonstrating, which is where some of the brands that we remember the most now are brands that don't necessarily do a ton of advertising, like the Patagonias and the REI, which doesn't do advertising, but. But ha- still has that. You know, there's, it means something, and it's not just about. And and you know, I'd be amiss to say that it's it's just it's just purpose driven brands that matter. Obviously, uh, I, I believe that there's you know there's there's a wider aperture than that. But that idea of, of really doing over saying, um, it's it's something that I think a lot. There was a lot of rhetoric around it. A lot of us talk about it, but I don't know how much it. And and it's a hard thing to sell to a client because it's much easier. To just say, <laughs> to just say the thing, versus actually acting on that. Yeah. So, so I think that's you know a well, challenge I
0: mean, that, to all of us. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's interesting that you look at a, you look at a company like Unilever and it, when it has you know it's asking each of its brand managers to put a sustainable living plan in place for each brand. And you know, and I think the well, the, the former CEO um, was you know if you don't have one of these then we don't probably want the brand in our portfolio
1: so Mm -hmm. it becomes Mm -hmm. sort of integrated
0: and um, you know I sort of think it's I think it's so fascinating that you know Dove has been super you know pretty pretty damn consistent there's a lot of good Mm -hmm. work over the years under a purpose based platform where
1: Whereas Procter and Gamble
0: Procter and Gamble Gamble, like a girl they did one I mean maybe I think they come back with them maybe come back with something else but I mean it's like they did one thing
1: Yeah, and and they're so good at saying it though. (laughs) I mean, CNG has repeated, they've done such a beautiful job with the talk and really kind of getting these these different. Yeah, they've they've focused on
0: different issues and and, uh, done efforts against them, but I'm not sure against Mm -hmm. each of the individual areas whether they've actually delivered a level of consistency. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: it is, it is really, really interesting. And I think even when you look at Dove's um, involvement in the production of the yesterday Oscar nominated um, animated short hair, yeah. um, which is an incredible, you know, and it was, it was an, a relatively, it was completely unbranded. Um, and I only honestly first heard of that it was actually sponsored by Dove yesterday. Um, so that that's kind of, again, one of those like, really kind of putting your money where your mouth is and just and, and celebrating uh community and really trying to do it in a meaningful way which i find really in- inspiring and i'm like okay that's 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 the way you do that again like that's the way you know the unbranded branded content uh can can find itself in the world so, so it's, well, that's, you know, what, that's what fascinates
0: it, me that. that's what fascinates me about los angeles because you're in this, you've got this amazing, you know, you've got Chicago, and New York, and, and your sort of creative talent pool is advertising, you know, your, yeah, your, and- your creative talent pool out there is just enormous. And it's, you know, when people making three hour, you know, um, superhero epics to people <laughs> making beautiful 20 minute short films about the Surfrider Foundation. Um, Absolutely.
1: And, and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible talent pool. And you know, we're really fortunate. We have some really great talent. One of our creatives is also one of the founding members of Broken Lizard, which makes Super Troopers, and he's he's like the meow guy, um, which is like a really I, again these and he's also happens to work at Omelet. So there's we have we have such an interesting way of kind of getting into a talent pool. Um, in in an authentic way and giving them space giving people space to also learn a new kind of craft which is and and i I recognize how different it is now see working with over the course of my career several creatives who are newer to advertising but are kind of career content makers um and the the discipline and the, the difference that there really is when you make something branded um and where you can kind of find that middle ground between uh, brand
0: and unbrand. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And you know, I don't know if you. I don't know if you read that thing. I haven't seen it. There was a big t- story in the New York Times at the weekend in the magazine. This sort of. It was the Renault Clio thing. Did you
1: read that story? No. no. it sort of
0: talked about this sort of branded lifestyle internet piece of content that doesn't really. Mentioned the brand, and this was just mm. being pitched to sort of, is it the future of advertising? But the kind of the author of the piece kind of said, "Well, I don't really remember it who it was for, and how, and it is for Renault, and half the audience mm-hmm. who viewed it are in the US, and you can't buy a Renault here."
1: Right, <laughs> right. But I mean, there uh, is there's
0: just I... this, this, this kind of huge. It seems like there's this huge opportunity because everyone everyone can agree that the television commercial or the, the video or whatever that is is a very powerful emotional thing that you can't nothing nothing can compete with it in terms of its emotional power and then you got the i'm sorry at one side other end of the scale you've sort of got the digital banner and um there hasn't really been the creation of this really interesting hybrid um
1: it is I, I feel like there was there was such promise in probably gosh now like eight to ten years ago. Um there was the like we from a creative technology perspective just really trying to unearth what the human manifestation of what digital things could could really be. And I think that what's happened was, you know, again, because the performance stuff was just, it was so easy to see numbers and it was so easy to kind of see quote-unquote quote, success um, with kind of performance or banner, banner-led banner campaigns that that, incre- that increased investment in something that was more interactive or meant to do the storytelling that video or get, get closer to the kind of storytelling that video could do, um, those budgets started to, to dissipate uh, because it just wasn't able to translate into the same kinds of Again, quote unquote, success and effectiveness—that um, you know that that these brands were getting used to seeing. Um, you know, I think all of us have been in those meetings where you looked at—and and again, this is probably dating myself now—but when you would look at the performance of the, the rich banner units versus the versus the standard, and mm-hmm. you know what kinds of experiences you could get within both, and like, ah, you know what, that cost me whatever amount of dollars. Actually, develop that rich me Was that really worth it? Where all I really want is a click, and and I think that was the moment that we all sort of lost some of what did what the power of digital storytelling really was. And you know, it's always my my hope that we can get back there. And it's been part of my my career trajectory has just been around like how do we really use digital as a storytelling means versus just a vessel for video (laughs) and it's really hard it's not it's not easy because you're trying to find ways that you could provide utility and usefulness um to the customer experience and it's not easy because it's often not cheap (laughs) and that's often not and it often involves infrastructure level Decisions that need to be made, which honestly, a lot of the time for marketing teams is just too hard. Um, so they're just like, you know, what would be great if you could make that video about this kind of experience. Um, but you know what, I, I, our team here, we're we're definitely not losing hope within that, and I think that you know, it's not that digital is a new frontier anymore, but I mm-hmm. still think that it's a palette that's not been fully exercised, um, and I, you know, I, I believe that there's going to be clients out there that still want to play and still want to experiment with it and, um, you know, kind of bring back some of that, some of that great kind of era of creative technology.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Did you, did you see the thing that John Spoon did at CES for HBO? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, they're such a great, great agency. I really admire the kinds of work that they've been able to do, not only with like great interesting things and, and sometimes like, you know, like stunts type things but really kind of baking in meaning into those as well and and some, some serious introspection so i think it was a really really great effort on their part
0: yeah i mean it's an it's interesting it's like how how you bring the how you bring the digital world into the physical world and um you know it's, it's always an interest an interesting uh question how you how you can how you can do that right and i and i think i think that's kind of like uh culturally i think that's the tension you know because i think i think everyone is recognizing the danger of being lost behind the screen and yeah. And, yeah. and the sort of the filter bubbles and all these other things and i think there's a i feel there's a movement to get away from that how can we get out of that how can we how can our brand live in the in the in the physical world it can have digital yeah. manifestations but we need to be connecting on right. a re- real level um yeah. which is why we're seeing all these experiences. I mean I wrote mm-hmm. I wrote I don't know if you I don't know if you saw it, but I, I wrote this I wrote this piece on the Museum of Ice Cream. Um which I, I you know which people can sort of laugh at as a as a um opportunist Instagram experience idea <laughs> um which was Three years ago was a pop-up. Um, mm-hmm. As of December last year, as a forty million dollars of investment, and as a two hundred million dollar valuation.
1: Um, yeah, and partnerships with Target, and yeah. they created a lifestyle brand. They truly created a lifestyle brand out of an experience, and and I think that that's where you know, again, every time you see, and in LA you see a lot of them, uh, thoroughly, the, the effectively like the the Instagram pop-ups. Um, but I, I think it's just a bit of a reflection of like people just craving experience and wanting to, whether or not, and obviously they're capturing it on their phone, so it makes the digital content anyways, uh, but it, this idea of really kind of wanting to, to level up um, relative to what experience mm-hmm. is and what they can see and what they can feel um, is, is all kind of attached to the popularity of things like that.
0: Yeah, my my sort of my pivotal question was why did an agency not come up with that? And and right. it really, you know, it caused me a little bit of concern as to agencies don't seem they just, you know, it's it's about investment and it's about and you, and if you in at these days you don't need that much money to do the pop up they did it wasn't a huge investment and it's a, te- it's a test and learn strategy and if it, if, it, if, it, if it works it works and it's almost in a way um something i i wish i saw more agencies who were doing this there's there's very little innovation
1: Um, i i agree i think you know for a time and place but like i said almost been many many different kinds of agencies we were before i got here we were very much an experiential agency as well and um, really got into event design and kind of these really creating these these kinds of moments and i think was probably a little bit ahead of its time at at that moment um but i do think it's something that we Need to get better at and we need to be able to prototype more um to really understand because I, I think that's the thing we've, you know and we've, we've all talked about it for from for over a decade now we're all still very good at like selling the script um and the idea of again a narrative that's couched in something like that is still it's still very easy for a client to consume it's understandable but when you do pivot to something like an experience uh, you you still have to have some of that narrative magic in order for a client to fall in love with it so so there's a there's a slightly different you kind of just have to tweak the way you think about what it is well also um, also
0: also from a business model it may not be for a client it may just be exactly. for you you know if it's exactly. uh, and then that becomes a sort of different proposition altogether I also think the other advantage of being able if you you know being able to try and incubate um, would be for your employee base because I think people people could feel like well there's something I can get involved in here Um,
1: absolutely and I think that that's you know those are the things that differentiate you like I always think about our market in LA like New York Chicago are very competitive for agency folks and like how do you make yourself you know part of part of what we are is is we are I'm always looking for the entrepreneurial creative um, creative or strategist or creative human mm. being mm-hmm. um, it's it because entrepreneurialism is really important to who we are and because we are building our own business here we are we're, we're we're creating something and the idea of anyone can have an idea and we will support it and we will help run with it is part of what we've done for for ages like and and it's not something we necessarily advertise a lot of but yeah. i think that when people get here they realize that that's part of like oh that's a really interesting idea Yeah, sure we'll try well we we have something called omelet originals here where we are, we invest in some of our originals uh, original content and kind of storytelling that our people want to do on their off hours and you have mentors that are built into the company who have worked here for years, who help you develop things. They shoot in the office because we have kind of a funky looking space on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sort of the, that's, that's, that's again, just another way for us to allow creative people to really kind of flourish. And, and within, you know, obviously the controls of how, how a business needs to run, but that's, it's, it's a part of our, it's a part of how our story comes to life.
0: When you said, could, oh, just rewinding a second, you, you use the phrase creative entrepreneur or strategic mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Do you mean that as a state of mind or do you mean that people who've actually sort of set up sort of a business in a, in, a, in a way, maybe it's a, maybe it's more of a following or built something. They built something.
1: Are these, yeah. is, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, a bit of both. A, yeah. a bit of both, honestly. I think it's a mindset that we're, we're mining for uh, because again, you're an agency of 70 people. We all do the work. Like I, so I will write a banner brief if I need to. I yeah, will write a banner. You roll your sleeves we up also, and,
0: and do it. Yeah.
1: And it, it's a part of what we need. you know, That roll up your sleeve and kind of get get into the work and really be passionate about it is something that we look for. Um, but we also have people who have started their own businesses, who you know, to varying degrees of success. And like I said, we have. Um, uh, the, one of the fellows from Broken Lizard here, um, and then he may have to leave for a few months to develop the show or develop the movie. When he went out to develop Super Troopers Two, um, and and we, we have we try to build that kind of flexibility in. So we do have people who really appreciate the idea of like building their own kinds of business, and and I think it helps with our clients as well because when you have people who really understand um the the dynamics of, of running a business and all the facets that come around. I think you get a much deeper empathy that with with clients as well. It's like, oh, you know what? You're not just thinking about this one thing. You're not just thinking about this what five seconds of a spot. You're thinking about the much bigger impact that it has to to your business and your people. Um, and I think that kind of empathy is really, really important for us. And really it's about kind of being a grown up about being in the creative
0: industry. <laughs> and it's it's not always a popular thing to say, but um, it's, it's, it's important. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. So um, we're still in the month of January, which gives me yeah. license to uh, ask you for predictions um, oh, for well, 2020. Um, what do you what do you what do you think we'll see? I mean, I'm giving you I'm giving you a free reign, culturally, socially, yeah um
1: yeah politically
0: you know whatever you whatever you want to predict (laughs) whatever you're brave enough to predict
1: in the unpredictable world that we live in
0: did you did you read there's another good thing to read is um william gibson who is now the grand age of 71 just published his latest book um in in an article he uh in the new yorker he, he said um he was halfway through writing a book 9-11 when 9-11 happened so he had to throw that book in the trash and then he was halfway through writing another book and donald trump was elected and he had to throw that <laughs> book in the trash <laughs> so <Yeah>. predictions <laughs> predictions are hard but you can let's see what uh see what you might th- be thinking about from the, let's let's focus on the industry and, and, and yeah i best. think I,
1: you know i think we are in a year of 2020 is going to be a year of lots of transitions for, for a lot of things i think politically you know, we we have charged people, we have charged up, it's gonna be a very crowded space, mm-hmm. um, I think for our industry. So we just, we, we are even talking to clients, everybody, we just have to be mindful of the space in which we're entering, regardless of you know, what side anyone falls on, um, it's going to be noisy. Yeah. Um, I also think that, that that will, you know, as always, I think performance and data are gonna be parts of the story, I think. More and more, though, clients are asking themselves the brand questions and how does brand get integrated into this performance marketing mindset is going to be something that we all answer to. I think the, you know, the idea of in-house agencies, which has actually been a, very much a part of kind of our agency's growth as well. Um, we have embedded employees in some of our, with some of our clients. Um, and what does that, that, that look like? You mean sending,
0: to- sending your team over there to work?
1: Yes, so we, we actually hire we hire locally, but we hire through the lens of Omelette, not through the lens mm-hmm. of solely that client. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, we've, we've transitioned folks to, to come over to the West Coast after their, their skits, um in some of our clients, but it's this idea of, like, collaboration at scale, I think is going to be more and more important. It's something that we see every day uh, as we increasingly kind of see ourselves on the other side of the table. I think for a long time you were and this is no new news to anyone, but you were seeing kind of the more classic MBA-trained kind of mar- brand marketers, and today you're seeing a lot of creatives. You're seeing- Ex-agency people, ex-agency new news people, news people to, in the agency, room. Yeah. agency people in the room. So yeah. it's, a, it's a very different kind of dynamic that we're going into. And even in the last couple of years, it's been a much more of a shift. And I think for us, it's, and we've been really fortunate because of the, our, just sort of philosophically where we come from, We actually work really well with in-house agencies. Um, We love that process. There isn't the ego of my idea versus your idea. It's ultimately everything is ours, and ultimately they clients are the ones paying, so it's technically theirs. Um, So everything we do is created in this in this much more collaborative environment. We have clients. Um, come camp out here for a few days um, and work with our teams. And it's something that's very normal for us. Um, and, you know, uh, I think that it's one of the things that indies are really well positioned to take, it, take further advantage of because sometimes in the, the bigger, more established agencies, um, it's, it's a little bit more tricky to get that to feel organic. Um, and for, for us, it's, it's, you know, this is never, ideas are not a battle to the death ever. Um, we are here to collaborate and listen and actually hear what our clients are saying. Um, and, you know, again, and, and in those instances, respectfully disagree. That's okay too, but you can only do it if you listen and hear what they're saying first. Um, so, that, that's, I think, going to be a big part of, of 2020. I keep hearing more and more clients that are like, well, we're bringing this all in house, which I understand from a business perspective but I also don't think that it means the demise of all agencies. Mm-hmm. I think it just means an augmented role um, in which that we have to figure out how we as an industry fit. Um, I was at the uh, was it AMA last year when they are like, like, oh, you were there with all the clients when they started talking about the in-house thing. Was it scary? I'm like, well, no. <laughs> I mean, like that. It's just, it's an observation of what is happening with our industry. And a lot of it is because they have to, a lot of these brands are forced to create so much content at scale that it doesn't make sense to pay a third party to do it if they're just gonna make 55 minor iterations of the same thing like that's it's part of the performance marketing mindset of, of having that 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 team closer to you so I think that will continue and I think that you know and we I, I do think that this could be the year of creativity I think that there's, you know, there's, there's such a, there's such an energy, and there's such a good. I think there's a, a spirit of wanting to make things better and bigger and more meaningful, um, that hopefully will be harnessed by clients all over the place in 2020.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's that's great. I mean, I, I, I think that, I think, I think you're right. I mean, it's attitude. Attitude yeah. is a really important. Um, uh, piece to being able to, to to thrive in this environment and, and if you don't have the right attitude you really are going to be in trouble. Um, just want to end on one thing which I, I, I remember you talking about earlier and I thought it was really interesting especially in the idea of predictions when you were talking about how um, the agency sort of um, pivots or has pivoted mm-hmm is that a process that you have like is that just the way you have dialogue or is that is that a process you have internally that allows you to say you know what or is it just organic it just
1: uh, what we really try to do so at the at the front of the year we really do have a lot of introspection we do a lot of looking at how the business works, how our people have evolved, how our culture has changed as a company. Um, and we, we do a leadership offsite every year. And it sounds, it always sounds trite and kind of funny. No, but, but, it but it of way, those, you know, it's of
0: your any ways you can do that, right?
1: Yeah, I was like, but every year we come out of that with a newfound like, okay, you know what? This is the thing that we're going after this year. And you know what, we may not, we, we're, we're a big management team. And we don't agree on everything, but I think that we philosophically there's a there's a soul of everything that we we come to, um, and we're you know we're like this is the thing we need to explore this year. Um, this is the potential that we have. This is you know this feels a little different for us, but let's let's try to take this off right. And how do we how do we inspire people that that are how do we inspire the rest of our agency to really kind of get. Get in tune with that and be a part of this kind of change, and really just ask for feedback. Like, is this the thing that we want to do? And sometimes it also happens totally organically, uh, where you know the it's the client opportunity that then changes your business. Um, we try to have a little bit more control about ourselves, uh, but I, I won't say that it hasn't happened to us. I think when we started to see, and you know, we we made a really really kind of focused effort to to say. <laughs> we love entertainment entertainment is part of our dna we've got incredible cases years ago um when i first joined but you know what we really have to explore we we've got to push the other things because our we're not we're not using our talents to the best of our abilities um so that was really that for us was one of those pivots um that we we sat in a room we looked at each other and we said let's go for this um, and we don't know where, how successful we'll be, but we'll we'll reconvene, and we reconvene several times a year. Uh, so you know, so far so good. <laughs> it kind of worked.
0: No, that sounds great. It's it's, it's smart, smart, smart stuff. Um, I think we're almost up for time, and oh, yeah. uh, I really appreciate you um, coming on the show. And of course. Um, well,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Really great stuff. Great conversation, and. Um, you know, I will let you know when this uh, when this goes live. It will be very, should be pretty quick. This is your host, Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.